A reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot were to say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members of the body, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you, nor the hand, the head to the feet, I have no need for you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with a greater respect. Whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body. But the members of the body have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. The word of the Lord. The Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 28. And Jesus came in and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The Gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word church creates a host of diverse images. To some, the church is a building. To some, the church is an institutional organization. To others, the church is equivalent to a one-hour worship. Some people have happy memories of the church. Some have tragic memories, while others may have no idea what the church should look like or what the church does. The church is essentially a community of believers a group of dedicated individuals from all places and all times who live out their joys and struggles together in the name of God. Some have very strong beliefs about who God is and what God does for people. Others struggle with their beliefs. They believe that there is something out there which is greater than anything they can find here on earth. But what that really looks like? Well, they're not sure. Now, there are many denominations. For example, we belong to the ELCA, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. And some of these denominations are very firm in their beliefs and strong in how they read and interpret the Bible. 
Others are more focused on helping those in need, on creating a community within their church walls, so then they can send their people out into the world to tell everyone how much God loves them. Now, there's one description of the church that's found in Acts 2. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone, because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day they spent much time together in the temple. They broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all people. And day by day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is a wonderful and inspiring description of the church. It speaks of worship and devotion. It reflects mission and compassion. It tells about the spiritual growth that all were having during that time. But this passage does not define the church. It does describe the church's activities. Now, if we were to define the church, we might employ something simple and straightforward, such as the church is a spiritual community organized to do God's will. Now, the word church is a Greek word that simply means called out ones. Church is people, a community, a gathering, and we are welcomed into this community through our baptism. Then together, as a community, we discern what God's will is for us and how we can live that out as the church. The church is a spiritual community, not a country club. It's a community that is free to join. It's a community that welcomes everyone, no matter who you are, what you have done, or what you have failed to do. It is a welcoming community because God is a welcoming God. Now, as described in our first reading today from Corinthians, the church is made up of individuals, and those individuals are described as a body, a living community. An organized community that requires structure, leadership, mission. This community initiates plans. It gathers to meet for worship, education, fellowship, prayer, service, and more. The church has a mission, a purpose, a reason. And this purpose is embodied in the two great statements that are found in the Bible, the great commandment and the great commission. Now, hearing that the Sadducees were silenced by Jesus, the Pharisees got together. And one of those Pharisees was an expert in the law who thought he could test Jesus with this question. Teacher, he said, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And later on in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus came to his disciples and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end 
of the age. Now, it may surprise you that there are around 15 churches in the city of Gardner, Massachusetts. Each church has their own mission, and they are all called to do things together. Not only to give thanks and praise to God, but also to connect with one another and the community. We are all the body of Christ, and we all are called to live in that image where we are able to work with one another. To say that each person in every church is going to agree with one another is crazy. There is diversity in the church. We as individuals are never going to completely agree with everyone. So we really can't expect all the churches to agree either. But now, to talk about the Lutheran Church in Gardner. Well, we've had quite a history. The first established Lutheran Church in Gardner was in 1889. And they called themselves the Lutheran Society in Gardner. Eventually, that group changed their name when they became an official church. And they called themselves the Scandinavian Evangelical Lutheran Church. Then in 1929, they were known as First Lutheran Church. The Finnish Evangelical Lutheran Church began in 1893 under the leadership of Pastor John Kempe. This church was housed in a number of locations throughout Gardner, but finally settled on West Street in 1930, and then in 1954, they became known as Bethel Lutheran Church. Now, if that wasn't enough, in 1894, the immigrants from Finland who spoke Swedish decided to build their own church. They obtained land at the corner of Limi and Church Streets in West Gardner and built the church there. Later, they became known as the Evangelical Lutheran Emmanuel Church of Gardner. Now, you would think our journey ended there. But in 1974, members of Emmanuel Lutheran Church and Bethel Lutheran Church came together to worship together as a united church. They eventually bought this space here on Green Street, and they transformed the former Bow Rich Lounge And on Christmas Eve of 1982, they held their first worship service and were known as Covenant Lutheran Church. And then in 2006, Covenant Lutheran Church and First Lutheran Church came together and formed what we have now, Faith Lutheran Church. This is our story. And our story has had its ups and downs, but the reality is that our past does not define our future. One of the things that I've learned over the last 18 months as a pastor of Faith Lutheran Church is that we can be the community that we choose to be. God has given us everything we need to have a successful, thriving community dedicated to be the hands and feet of God in the world. So over the next five weeks, we're going to explore what it means to be Faith Lutheran Church in the community of Gardner, Massachusetts. The basis that I'm going to use as I craft my sermons is to bring the work done by this congregation last October and the work that we have done with the Ford Leadership and Accountability Teams. You see, last year we came together as a congregation and described our purpose which is to respond to and share God's love with all people. We said that we are going to do this through worship, prayer, service, education, and welcoming. 
So for the next five weeks, I'm going to ask the questions, what does it mean to worship together? What does it mean to pray? What does service look like in our church and in the community? What is education? And what does it mean to welcome the other? And we'll also talk about all the things that we have done as a church community the last 18 months and how this work that we have done with the four leadership and accountability teams has actually changed our church. And then we are going to talk about what does it look like as we move forward. All of this will come together on Reformation Sunday and we will have a joyous celebration together. We've had a varied and interesting past. We've had many, many people come and go from this place. We've experienced extreme joys and painful losses. But the one constant thing that we've had since we first opened our doors in 1889 is that we all have Jesus Christ. You see, God through Jesus has called leaders to oversee the church. God has called members to step up when necessary. And God has carried this church through thick and thin. And now we are proud to say that we are responding to and sharing God's love, grace, and forgiveness to all people. And that we have experienced things in here that have been so powerful that they have changed our lives. So we are going to leave our doors and proclaim to the ends of the earth that God is a God of love, a God of grace, a God of opportunities, and a God of peace. So thank you for being the church. Thank you for being faithful. And I cannot wait to see what is in our future together as we are the body of Christ called the church. Amen.